I want to I start off by asking you a, a serious question that, that I'm sure you've all thought about before. Um, and uh, that serious question is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I know you've thought about it, all right, so don't sit there and lie. You can take your pen, you can write it on the top of your bulletin. If I could have one superpower, what would it be? Would it be super speed? Would it be flight? Would it be a super brain? Which, which one would it be? I've thought about this many times. Surprising, right? Um, but I think mine would be that, that I would be able to morph into anything. So like if I wanted to fly, I could morph into an eagle or a dragon or anything that I wanted and I could fly. If I wanted a super brain, I could morph into, uh, you know, somebody really smart, Einstein or something like that. I could morph into anything and take on their, their qualities and their attributes. That's, that's my superpower that I would, that I would do. And, and, uh, and really, I, I think, you know, I, I see a lot of people wearing their superhero shirts. Yes. Give it up for them. Yeah. Thank you. This makes me look less like less of an idiot up here. All right, so thank you. I appreciate you. Um, I've even got a couple that are committing, like Sarah, who was wearing a whole uh, costume. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, so thank you guys for doing that. But but man, I since a young age, I have been absolutely obsessed with with superheroes, with comic books, with all kinds of different stuff. My favorite thing growing up was actually uh, X Men. That was my that was my favorite. All these mutant powers, right? Um, so I, I loved. Uh, this is really random. Like all the kids loved Wolverine or Cyclops. I was like, I, I was a Beast fan. Everybody remember Beast? He's like the really smart science dude, really hairy. Um, I'm not hairy, but I just related to him in some way. Um, so, but but I really loved Beast. Uh, um, and growing up, like I, I just I just love superheroes. My my mom would literally have to drag me out of the bathtub because I had my X Men super fi- you know action figures, and I'm playing in the bathtub, making these really elaborate schemes and scenarios. And just playing, you know, all, all day long. And, and uh, actually, it, it kind of was borderline, like, just nerdy, <laughs> how, how much I loved comic books and superheroes and all these different things. I, I, uh, I remember one summer, um, I, have, I had friends, just to let you all know. But uh, uh, one summer, I, I decided to create a superhero of my own. And uh, his name was Alpha. And uh, that was my superhero name. And basically, the, the plot was that in my backyard were all of these dinosaurs that is, had escaped from Jurassic Park, okay? And they had all escaped, and I, my job as Alpha was to eliminate the ones that were deadly to, to the population. So I, as Alpha, created this whole scheme, and I actually had trained a smaller uh, dinosaur named Yoshi. Don't know where I got that name. Um, <laughs> But I had trained this dinosaur to, to be able to, to be like a, you know, a kind of a, you know, go out and seek the good dinosaurs and tell me, okay, they're good, or go do some reconnaissance work and, and go find the bad dinosaurs and wherever they were doing. I had laser gun. Um, it was, man, saying it out loud, it just makes it really bad. <laughs> but, but, but that's what I used to do. I love superheroes. I love comic books. I, I loved all these things. And and uh, so even now, I'm, I'm like the guy who drags my wife, poor Brooke, um, to all the midnight showings of, you know, all the superhero movies that come out. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat. She's asleep because it's past her bedtime. And, uh, we, you know, so I drag her to all these things. So I have this love for superheroes. But I think, 
our culture really, they buy into the superhero thing because, I mean, we, we all love the idea of, of being something more. And I think really that's what it comes down to, that everybody really desires to be more than they are. We, we want to experience what it is to, to have these crazy, amazing attributes or, or you know, super strength or, or whatever. We all want to be more than we are. And I, and I think that's ingrained into us as in our culture. And whether that be in parenting, whether that be um, in your jobs, your careers, we're always wanting to advance. We're always wanting to go to, to be more in our lives. So I chose this morning, uh, you know, Mike has came back with the movies with the message and I'm really excited because I love movies. I love picking out uh, messages and movies and Mike can tell you I came to his office with like six ideas. I was like, Mike, you got to hear this. And uh, so uh, he's like, get out of my office. <laughs> You're crazy. Um, but but I, I, I really, uh, I, I love watching movies and, and putting messages and seeing the the, the subliminal messages, see how they relate to Christianity and our Christian walk. Um, it's something that I'm passionate about doing. And uh, so, so today, since I, I have that passion about movies and I have this passion, weirdly nerdy passion about superheroes, I decided to do Captain America. So um, that's why I'm wearing the shirt. I see a couple more Captain Americas um, out there. So, um, so, I, so I decided to do Captain America. And uh, the reason, let me just give you some background about Captain America. It's, it's all about, it's all settled in uh, World War II and Hitler has come on the scene. He has, you know, taken over with the Nazis and, and uh, you know, done some, you know, basically wants to create this super race. And so here we are on the brink of World War II, 1942, and uh, Steve Rogers is this kid from Brooklyn who is a nerd, who is scrawny, who is um, basically this, this little dude that gets picked last in every single game, who gets picked on, who gets bullied. And here's Steve Rogers, and he is trying desperately to get into the army so he can fight for his country, so he can go take down the bully Hitler. And that's, that's the kind of the premise. But, but every time he goes, every time he tries to enlist, they look at him, they're like, really, dude? Like, really? Because he's like this little scrawny dude. And, and so, so they look at him, and then he has asthma, and he has pretty much every single thing. He breathes in something, and he gets sick. And, and this, is, this is how he is. He's allergic to a bunch of different things. And, and so every time they, they reject him, they say, you know, he's not, he's not capable of, of coming and joining the army. He'll just get sick. He'll be, have an asthma attack on the, on the field whenever he's supposed to be fighting for us. So they reject him over and over and over again until this one scientist sees him and decides to make him a super soldier, a, a superhero, basically. And, and so that's kind of the premise of Captain America. And, uh, and, and I really do think that Captain America um, really gives us a glimpse, gives us a picture of some of these, some aspects of Christianity, of, of this, this coming from a small, scrawny person to becoming this, this more, this superhero. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a few points about that, and uh, we're going to watch a, a clip to kind of set it up. Faster, ladies, come on. My grandmother has more life in her, God rest her soul. Move it! You're not really thinking about picking Rogers, are you? I wasn't just thinking about it. It's a clear choice. He brought a 90-pound asthmatic onto my army base. I let it slide. I thought, well, maybe he'd be useful to you, like a gerbil. Never thought you'd pick him. 
Stick a needle in that kid's arm, it's gonna go right through him. Someone goes. Look at that. He's making me cry. I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Do you know how long it took to set up this project? Yeah, all the groveling I had to do in front of Senator What's-His-Name's committees? Yes, I know. I am well aware of your efforts. Then throw me a bone. Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders, he's a soldier. He's a bully. You don't win wars with niceness, doctor. You win wars with guts. He's still skinny. Bossa, ladies, come. All right, so we see kind of a little bit into Steve Rogers. The reason he was trying to enlist over and over again is he had this huge heart and this amazing amount of courage. And I love what the, the scientist says. He says, you know what? We're looking for more attributes than just the physical. So we have this big army-looking dude doing, you know, he's, he's passed every test. He's looking at him, and he's like, this is, this is our guy. This should be our super soldier. He's built like a military man. And then there was Steve Rogers struggling to do one, you know, jumping jack. And, and, but but his, his attributes were more than physical. He had courage. He had bravery. He had the, he had the desire to, to give his life to something bigger than himself. And so they were going to choose him, even though... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character, this commander, did not want to. They were going to choose him. And that, that really, that brings me to, to really my first point, that God looks at us and he chooses us. God chooses us. And, and thank, thank God that he looks past our stuff. Thank God that he looks past our junk and the stuff that, that how we live our lives. And he, he reaches down and he chooses us. You know, 1 Peter 2, 9 says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You may, be, you may uh, declare and proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. God sees us and he chooses us. And it, this, is, this is basically the story of our lives. This is the story of, of the Bible, God reaching out and, and looking past all the, all the junk, all the stupidity, all the, you know, the things that, that we are lacking in, and he chooses us. Think about Israel, his chosen people. Israel was a, a weak nation. They were oppressed by Egypt, and God reaches out and he says, okay, I could choose for myself the Philistines. I could choose for myself you know, these powerhouses, these power nations. And God reaches down and chooses Israel. And you're like, what? Israel? Like tiny little Israel? That's who you want to choose? And it goes on and on. God reaches out and he chooses Moses, who was, who was completely terrified from the task. And he says, Moses, I want you to lead out my nation from, from you know, the oppression of Egypt. I want you to, to, to lead them out. And Moses is like, you know, uh, me? I, come on, I can't even, I can't even talk right. You don't, want, you don't want me. And you see the scenario playing out over and over. 
And then as Saul is, you know, his, God's hand goes from Saul and, and, and God's looking for the next king to, to rule over Israel, to establish his kingdom. What, is, what does God do? He says, Samuel, I want you to go and, and choose for me a king from the, from the sons of Jesse. He even tells them the family that he wants. So, so Samuel goes and he, he looks at the sons of Jesse and there's, he, he gets them to walk past him. And Jesse's parading his sons across the, across the field. And, and Samuel's looking at him. And, and Elijah comes up. And, and Samuel's like, surely this is the dude. Like, look at this guy. He's big. He's strong. Just like Tommy Lee Jones' character was like, all right, he's clearly the choice. Look at him. And, and Samuel's doing the same thing. And, and, and I love this. And this isn't on the screen. But First Samuel 16, verse 7. Let me just read it to you. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, do not look. At his appearance, or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And you can really see, like in Steve Rogers' life, and in, in this Captain America, that that the scientist was really choosing, like God chooses. He wasn't looking at the outward appearance. He wasn't looking at at who. You know, Steve Rogers was, he was looking at the heart. He was looking beyond the physical. And that's what God did over and over and over again. It continues straight into Jesus as he chooses his disciples. And he, he, he chooses the ones that were rejected, that were, that were not chosen to be Pharisees or teachers or, or anything like that, but these guys who had been rejected and they're taking on their father's trade. We see it over and over again that God is choosing people for himself. And God chooses us. He chooses us. And thank God that he looks past all of our junk and all of our things that we struggle with. And he reaches out and he chooses us exactly where we are. Let's, uh, let's look at some other things. I want to show one more clip or, or another clip and, uh, and kind of give us some insight into to some other things that God does for us. That wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. Serum infusion. Beginning in five, four, three, two, one. Stephen, can you hear me? Probably too late to go to the bathroom, right? We will proceed. That's 10%. 20%. 30. That's 40%. Bottle signs are normal. That's 50%. 60. 
And it hurts. It hurts to be transformed in the, in the image of Christ. But here's the good thing. The next point. Whenever we, when he, whenever we see God choosing us, whenever we see God transforming us, he doesn't leave us just as that. He doesn't say, good luck, guys, figure it out. But God actually equips us. He equips us. He doesn't just leave us alone. He doesn't say, man, I really hope that, you know, you can read all the best Christian books and you can you go to the seven-step seminars and, and learn how to be a Christian. No, God equips us with everything that we need to live this life for him. And, and you know, superheroes always get equipped, right? Superheroes have some of the coolest stuff, like Batman and his awesome utility belt and his amazing Batmobile, you know, all these different things that, super, are, that, that Batman gets. Superman, well, he doesn't, he, I mean, he has an awesome, you know, tight costume. But he, he, all his stuff, he's equipped, you know, with powers, with superpowers. But every superhero has something cool, something cool. And Captain America was no different. Let's look at some of the things that, that Captain America had. He obvi- obviously had this very stylish American, you know, Captain America costume. Um, he had a sweet helmet. Um, he had the, the little utility belt. Um, but one of the, the, the things that marks Captain America is his shield, right? Everybody knows that. I tried to find one to bring today, but they're all made for children. I don't know what's that about. But I went to Walmart, and it was like a Frisbee. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to protect me from everything that I need. Okay. So, but, but Captain America got this sweet shield, and it's made out of this very rare metal. And apparently this metal... Um, I don't think we have it, but this metal absorbs, you know, energy and it bounces stuff off. He can, you know, bullets don't penetrate it. It doesn't even scratch it. He can actually throw it and knock people out and then it comes back to him. So it's got a boomerang effect, which is really cool. So, so we see this awesome shield that, that Captain America is equipped with. And even though we don't get really cool tools like that, um, that'd be cool if God did that for us. Gave us some really awesome stuff, some gadgets as Christians. We do get equipped. And I want you to, we're going to be hanging out in second, uh, the book of Second Peter in chapter 1. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. It's where we're going to be for the rest of the time. But, but I want to read to you in, in verses um, basically 3 through 7 of kind of what God equips us with. And let me just read this. and You can follow along on the screen seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world of lust. So here we see that God is literally granting us these things. He is equipping us with these things, the knowledge, the promises of God, all these different things. And it it goes on. In verse 5, it says, this very reason, he's also applied diligence. And I'm just going to read these really quickly. Diligence, faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. God has equipped us with all of those things. The fruits of the Spirit, all the different things that God supplies, He equips us with them. He hasn't left us alone. He hasn't just just said, okay, good luck, figure it out. But God equips us. 
why. Let's, let's see in verse 8 kind of why. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you take these attributes, these qualities that God has equipped you with, then you will be rendered neither useless or unfruitful in the kingdom of God. And oftentimes, let me tell you, we're scared. We're scared to go take on the task of God, right? We're scared to join in the work of the kingdom of God. We're like, man, I'm, I'm not really equipped to go and teach that class. I'm not really, I don't know, I just don't understand. I, I don't have enough training in the gospel to be able to go proclaim it amongst my coworkers. I'm not really an evangelist per se. I don't know if I can do that. And so often we are just debilitated by fear and these feelings of inadequacy. We all deal with it. We all struggle with it. Even as Brooke talked about earlier, we get overwhelmed with the details of our lives. We get overwhelmed with things in our lives. But God in these verses is saying, I have granted these things to you. I have equipped you with everything that you need. It's already been given to you. I've granted it. You have the fruits of the Spirit. So so stand up and be bold because if you apply these qualities and you grow in these qualities, then guess what? You will not be rendered useless or unfruitful for the kingdom of God. He grants us, He equips us with all of these things. And, and we do get some sweet stuff, all right? We not, might not get physical things, but we do get some sweet stuff. You see in Ephesians 6 that we get the full armor of God, which is pretty cool, right? To stand up against the schemes of the devil, we get the, the breastplate of righteousness. We get the, the helmet, you know, the, the, the uh, shield of faith, the sword of, of, of the spirit. We get some pretty cool tools, the full armor of God that we can apply to our lives. Yet we still continue to worry. We still continue to be fearful about doing the work of God. Matthew 6, Jesus talks about this. He says, he says why do you worry? Why do you fear? Why, why are you saying, well, you know, what will I eat? Why do you worry about food? Like God, me, Jesus, he actually, I actually give the birds. You see these birds, you know, flying around? I give them food. I, I hook them up. Why are you worried about what you're going to wear? Why are you worried about clothes? See the, see the lilies of the field? See the grass? I dress them. I clothe them with everything. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I will take care of you as your heavenly Father. That's what Matthew 6 says, paraphrased by Wade, but that's what Matthew 6 says. He has given us. We don't have to fear. We don't have to feel these inadequ- feelings of inadequacy. God has equipped us with everything that we need. And the last thing, the last point, God enlists us. So you remember, you know, oh, Uncle Sam, right? I don't really remember him. Um, I wasn't around during that time. But some of you might have seen this poster. Um, this was really big. Thank God for, for the men and women who serve our country, who volunteer to, to fight for our freedom. Thank God for them. Because back in the day in World War I and World War II, we had to get old Uncle Sam to, to stand up, and we had to have propaganda. We had, to have had all these things to try to entice people to join the army, to join the fight. 
And, and really, <laughs> I don't think God looks like that. I hope not. That'd be pretty scary when you get to heaven, right? But, but, but God is really saying the same thing. He's saying, I want you to join me. I want you to join my army. I want you to join my cause, my purpose, the work that I'm doing. That's what God does for all of us. He's saying, I want you to join me. And here's the cool thing about God's army. I, it reminds me of a children's song. I'm in the Lord. Okay. But I won't sing it. But, you know, I mean, this is what is kind of ingrained in us. That God wants us to join him, the purposes of him, and enlist in his thing. And just like Captain America was able to enlist in the army, become the super soldier, and join the fight into something way bigger than himself, it's exactly what God does to us. He says, I want you to fight in my army. I want you to enlist into my cause. And God allows us to be thrust into this purpose that is much bigger than ourselves. He allows Wade Bryant, a mess up, someone who doesn't deserve his grace and his love, and he equips me, he chooses me, he transforms me and says, I want you to join me. How cool is that? That God takes little people, messed up people, and says, I want you to join me. And, and that prayer, you know when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray? And he says, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Y'all remember that? Y'all know that prayer? We pray before football games. We do all these things. But that is a prayer that Jesus is doing, that, that Jesus is teaching his disciples so it can be ingrained in them that I want you to establish my kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to carry out the wills or the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. He gives us this initiative, this amazing purpose in life to establish the kingdom here. And we're able to join him in that work. We're supposed to pray for it. And in verse 10 and 11 of, of 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and his choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, we have the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have this, this amazing call. He's chosen us. And he's enlisting us to carry out his purposes for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, it's sad. But we often don't join him in that work. We often let our fears and our feelings of inadequacy dehabilitate us. And we sit in our comfy chairs. We sit in our coffee shops. And we sit in the things. And, and we don't join God in the work that he's doing. And that's a sad reality. And I want to show you that, that our struggles of joining the fight, our struggles of being useful for the fight, the kingdom of God, it's also kind of portrayed in, in Captain America. So we're going to watch one more clip and, and uh, you can kind of see what I'm talking about. With all due respect to the colonel, I think we may be missing the point. I've seen you in action, Steve. More importantly, the country's seen it. Hey, the enlistment lines have been around the block since your picture hit the newsstands. You don't take a soldier, a symbol like that, and 
Hide him in a lab. Son, do you want to serve your country on the most important battlefield of the war? Sir, that's all I want. Then congratulations. You just got promoted. I don't know if I can do this. Nothing to sell a few bonds, bonds buy bullets, bullets kill Nazis. Bing, bang, boom. You're an American hero. It's just not how I picture getting there. The senator's got a lot of pull up on the hill. If you play ball with us, you'll be leading your own platoon in no time. Take the shield. Go! drive a tank, but there's still a way all of us can fight. Series E defense bonds. Each one you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. So here is the super soldier, Captain America, equipped with everything that he needs, super strength, a great heart, courage, all of these different things. And, and there he is parading around on stage, being a cheerleader. And let me tell you, sometimes this is exactly how we are as believers. We get chosen by God. We get transformed by the love of Christ. We get equipped with everything that we need, and then he enlists us into his army. And we continue to stand on the sidelines. We continue to be cheerleaders, to put on that great Christian t-shirt, to put on that fake smile on Sunday morning. And we just become this face. We become propaganda for the Christian culture, but we're not really joining the fight. We're not really getting on the front lines of bringing God's kingdom and his will to earth as it is in heaven. That's what happens. I'm going to invite the, the band to come back up and, and join me here on stage. And, and I, I just want to, I want to really just, just nail this, this, this ending because church, we have to become more for God. We have to become superheroes of the faith and join the fight of the kingdom of God. We have to. It's what we've been called to. It's what we've been enlisted in. And I, I want to share with you a quote from a, a book that I, that I read a, just a month back. And it's from Matt Chandler. It's called The Explicit Gospel. Let me read this quote to you guys. Grace-driven effort is violent. It is aggressive. The person who understands the gospel understands that as a new creation, his spiritual nature is in opposition to sin now. 
And he seeks not to just weaken his sin in his life, but to outright destroy it. It's a fight. It's a battle, guys. Church, we've got to be okay with giving ourselves up to choosing to, to enlist in God's army, to, to, to choose to get into something much bigger than ourselves and actually fight, to be aggressive and be okay with God using us in an amazing way. Because let me tell you, church, that we have all been chosen, we've all been transformed, equipped, and enlisted to do some amazing things for God's kingdom.